Welcome to the Musings of Our Hearts, a Jesus Youth podcast on the lives of saints. Hi everyone, welcome back. Uh, Monday of Easter week. Happy Easter. We continue to celebrate Easter and today we're going to reflect on St. Lidwina. Uh, She's from Holland. Um, She was actually born into a poor family in in the late 14th century. And she is very interesting. Um, So even at an early age, she used to have these visions and uh, Jesus used to appear to her. Um, But at the age of 15, she had an ice skating uh, accident and it broke her rib and it never really healed. And so this continued to be a a moment in which she, you know, or a, a pain that she carried throughout her life. But she would pray and meditate and offer this pain to, to the Lord and, God would also reveal to her many things, including heaven and purgatory, and especially the passion. And so she would pray um, through this passion, through the the Lord's passion, and find so much strength and grace in in that too. Uh, she her only food for the last nineteen years of her life was the Eucharist. That's the only thing she had, and she was very you know very mystical, very holy woman. But she was very misunderstood. A lot of people didn't understand her. They thought she was crazy. Priests used to test her. And she really suffered a lot because of this. But she offered it all up for the reparation of the sins of others. And especially, again, she allowed these moments to be moments in which she would participate in, in Christ's passion. And so this part- participation in the Lord's passion would transform any of the bitterness that she felt because of her pain, her suffering, um, not being understood, not being uh just welcomed by people. Um, and this would transform this bitterness into just sweetness and delight. And she used to want, she used to ask Christ for more of it. So Thomas Kempis was actually very impressed with her. And it was said that he either wrote or edited her biography. And that's why we have many accounts of her life. Um, but on April 14th, and that was Easter morning for them of, uh, of that year, she had a vision uh, of Jesus administering the sacrament, uh, the last rite of the sacrament of extreme unction, and soon after she died. And so her life is not just a testament and a witness of a profound holiness, of grace, of what God can do, the mystery of God's action uh, uh, in the soul, but also that our, our limitations, um, the things that we think are um, hinder us from really living out our holiness. Actually, they're not that limita- uh, limiting as they seem. They they actually don't hinder the work of God and the work of grace within us. And so, especially for people who who do feel hopeless, or even you know, for all of us in our moments of hopelessness, of despair, of discouragement, when we're really struggling, not just with physical ailments, but sometimes even men- mental ailments, depression, despair, addictions, that God is so, God's grace can work through all of that. There is a profound action of God's work in us, especially in our weakness. And so it's okay to to be in that space, but to, don't despair. Don't, you mm. know, don't uh, 
always, always look to hope and always look to Christ as he will, he will um, work through you and he is guiding mm. you and he is with you. He is so mm. very present with you. And the testament of that also of that love is, is his passion. And mm. so for us to, to learn and to witness from her life that in those moments, we can be so united um, to God in his passion and mm. in the events of his passion. Yeah. So uh, when we read about St. Lidwina, there are so many, many testaments about her. Mm -hmm. So many people have written about her in her times and later too. And people couldn't really understand what's going on with her body, especially. Yeah. Her mind, you know, people people can know. But what's going on? Her, her body was a mystery. Like she was not eating and her body was decaying, you know, on one side. And uh, it's really amazing. And her town people... Uh, the village where she lived, uh, their officials even made a testament about a document about what actually she went through in mm -hmm. her life, uh, a secular thing that came up. And also so many, uh, you know, especially Thomas Akembis mm -hmm. lived in her time, actually a few miles away from where she lived. Mm -hmm. So he, people say that he, he had many, uh, he saw actually some of the miracles that happened mm -hmm. uh, during her time and even after her death. And, you know, things like that. So uh, there, there has been uh, much written about her that could be authentic too. But there is so many mysteries, you know, with her. Uh, when as a doctor, I look at her, uh, it's really, we don't know what literally <laughs> happened there. So even though she is known as a patron of multiple sclerosis, like, you know, some of the things fall in line but some no do not so we don't know there is so much mystery but god always works in a very mysterious way like saint augustine's court today yeah. let us understand that god is a physician and that suffering is a medicine for salvation not a punishment for damnation because when suffering comes into our life the first thought that comes as a human being is like did i do something wrong right or is god hearing my prayer uh, or what should i do how should i pray is everything done? You know, there are so many questions and things. Uh, almost, you know, that everything have actually a kind of an order of despair. Mm -hmm. So here, you know, Saint Lidvina gives us so much hope because she could not move at all. Yeah, you know, and for the last few years, she was totally blind. Even when she had her eyesight, you know, she was continuously seeing the vision of the Lord. Like many things happening around her, like she could not see beyond her bedroom. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, you know, she suffered a lot. She could not move and there, there needed she needed somebody who had to constantly take care of her or somebody at her bed. And she was not eating also. She, she cannot retain food. And people terribly misunderstood her. Even priests and spiritual people thought that, you know, this is actually a diabolic activity going on over there. People used to say that worms used to come out of her body, you know, so many things like that. So, um, and one day it is said, like one priest who really wanted to test her. These are legends, okay, uh, which some people have written down. Uh, some people cannot believe that these things happened in her life. But these are legends that are testified by people. So one priest came and she wanted to test her. He bought an unconsecrated host mm. and gave it to her. She immediately could figure out that it is not consecrated. That is not Jesus. She told him, like, this is not Jesus. And people were surprised. And that priest, you know, uh, 
broke into tears mm. when he saw that. And there are many stories like that, many, many stories. She had such a close relationship with Mother of God. And this story that is attributed to her, actually, I have heard attributed to Saint Jamma Galgani also. Mm. Maybe similar things can happen. So the story goes like this. She was actually praying for the conversion of a particular man in the city, a very notorious sinner. And she would plead with Jesus for his conversion. But Jesus used to say like, you know, no, 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 you know, it's so difficult uh, in his life, you know. So he said, why, Jesus, nothing is difficult for you. Why can't you give him conversion? Jesus said, no, it's very difficult. So she said, okay, Uh, even after continuous pleading, uh, Jesus won't budge. So she said, okay, if you are not going to answer to my prayer, answer my prayers, okay, I have another advocate. I'm going to call her. I'm going to call your mom. <laughs> so she calls Mary and immediately Jesus goes when Mary comes. And then she she prays with Mary, you know, pray to Mary. And then after that, within a few minutes, there is a knock at the door. That man has come oh, wow. to the saint asking for help to find a priest for confession. Oh, and, you know, that immediate was the mother of God's <laughs> intervention. So she is such an advocate to her. Uh, you know, I, I could really believe that because, you know, Mother Mary's intercession is so very, very powerful. So there are so many stories like this attributed to her. But all of these stories uh, are, ma- most of these stories are either healing of body or of soul. Mm-hmm. And such remarkable healing of sinners mm. their soul healing of the soul so uh, so that's why you know uh, the it's so important like what what she went through mm. she offered all her suffering for the conversion of sinners yeah conversion of sinners so that is very important that's why we chose also you know that intention for today like you know conversion of those people who have not yet known the lord because sometimes we may think that these little little sufferings uh, do, are doing nothing. We still don't know. God can. God doesn't need any any more suffering because He did it all in His body. And whatever we are doing now is actually what He suffered in His body. We, uh, like Paul says, you know, we are making up mm-hmm. for what is lacking. There is nothing lacking. But since we are His body, we are actually whatever we suffer is actually His body is suffering. So that's the way Saint Paul uh, explains it. So you know. So that's why. All the suffering, all the despair, all the hopelessness, all our pain uh, becomes very important. Mm-hmm. Because Saint Therese of Lisieux used to say, even if I am picking up a small, a bit of paper from the floor, I will offer it up for the salvation of soul. Yeah. So, you know, when we get these r- remarkable examples from these saints, you know, we get that much encouragement to do that. We may not be able to do much stuck in the home, you know, stuck at our home, but that is when the Lord is calling us to offer every little desperation, big or small, you know, to offer for the salvation of souls. That is very, very important. Yeah, I think the saints, uh, especially the more I've been, we've been recounting their lives and Mm. speaking about them and reflecting about them, the more and more I'm also coming into a, a greater understanding that I need to love my weaknesses, Mm. that my weaknesses, it's through my weaknesses that I'm even more united to Christ. And I've heard this over and over. Mm. I've heard this in the sense St. Paul says it. He says, I don't boast of my, you know, my accomplishments. I boast of my weakness. He says it, of course, even in uh, retreats or even in my own experiences of Christ, I have had the most profound experiences of Christ in the moments of my utter shame and mm. weakness. Mm-hmm. 
But for some reason, my brain, Mm. (laughs) my mind, my ego, my pride, I guess what we can call my sin will not allow me to, or, you know, I, I, I'm conflicted there because I want so much to be perfect. But my understanding of perfect is so different, actually, from what Mm. the Father's perfection is. Mm. And even in that, the Father was made perfect, was made perfect through Christ in in the cross. And, you know, that glory was completely perfected and shown and witnessed. And so I continue to come back to this understanding of why am I so afraid of my weaknesses and shame? Of course, there's there's a lot there to ponder, but uh, the saints are, are, are constantly calling me into this, um, this understanding that love your weaknesses, love those mm. moments where you think you can't do mm. anything. Stay there. Don't be afraid, mm. especially there. Don't be afraid and invite God there. But even now, even as I say that, I'm so scared. There's mm. this like, there's a um, an, a natural response um, to, to that understanding. But it is really, it truly is there that God um, can do so much. His power can be so manifested in our lives. And as uh, St. Ludwina too, she... She was bedridden. She uh, really felt, I mean, so misunderstood. There was so much that she really suffered and struggled with. But her life, uh, the miracles, the mm-hmm. even the legends, I hope I have legends like that <laughs> attributed to me. <laughs> but even the legends, the miracles. I will testify to it. <laughs> Uh, even the legends uh yeah and the miracles that's it's something so um it's a it's a beautiful testament to what god can do and so yeah Mm -hmm. let us love our weaknesses Mm -hmm. love our weaknesses Mm -hmm. yeah actually saint paul helps us there a lot like he says you know when i am weak i'm strong Mm -hmm. Uh, i can do all things through christ who strengtheneth me Mm -hmm. and in romans there is a powerful quote that is very much connected to easter Mm -hmm. where uh, uh, he says like and if the spirit of him who raised jesus from the dead is living in you he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. Yep. This is so powerful. Like this is the secret. Mm-hmm. Like the Holy Spirit who can transform everything in our life. Like, you know, the same spirit that raised Christ's body can bring into life, you know, your mortal bodies. That is so powerful. So when we offer all our weaknesses, all our frailties, you know, everything that is mortal within us, you know, God can raise it up and make uh, it immortal, yeah. you know, our soul immortal. So uh, so that should be a kind of attitude that we should ask our Lord during this time of Easter when we are stuck inside, you yeah. know, especially how beautiful this Easter season was. We may not be able to receive the sacrament, but that the Lord will somehow will supply because that is his promise to be with us till the end of times. Yeah. So he will do that. But during this time, you know, since we are inside, there were less distraction. Like, I, I, I don't know, I haven't attended this many you know, services or this much reading or this much contemplation uh, in my life in ever before. So uh, in, in all our weaknesses and our limitations, when we trust in the Lord, you know, he can transform us. Mm-hmm. So that is a good news to us. And uh, today we can close with the a prayer to St. Lidvina. Yeah. Uh, it's a very small prayer, but this is a very traditional prayer that was in the church uh, to Lidvina. O Saint Lidvina, you now reside in heaven where there is no pain, no suffering, 
and every tear has been wiped away. Pray for us who still groan and labor in this valley of tears, that we may persevere in faith and love until we too may see our glorified Savior in heaven. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening.